Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. I'd like to welcome all of you to our worship service here at Reveille United Methodist Church. We welcome those who are joining us in person. We welcome those who are with us online. We are so glad all of you are here with us today. My name is Stephen Coleman. I'm one of the associate pastors here at Reveille. Uh, our lead pastor, the Reverend Dr. Pete Moon, is preaching today. We are continuing our sermon series on this uh, season of Advent uh, about making room for Jesus. Last week we talked about making room for patience. Uh, today we're going to hear the story of John the Baptist, and Pete is going to be talking about cleaning out our spiritual closets in order to make room for Jesus. I do have a couple of quick announcements uh, to make. Uh, next Sunday, on December 10th, we will be having our Christmas concert uh, here in the sanctuary at 4 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. Our open house begins at 3, and then the concert is at 4. Uh, so again, all that will take place on next Sunday on December 10th. And then on December 17th, we will be having our uh, service of Remembrance. Uh, that is at 4 o'clock in the chapel. So this is for anybody who has had any kind of loss recently in their lives, whether that is the uh, loss of a loved one, whether you uh, lost a job, whether you're dealing with any sort of loss of relationship. Uh, we invite you to come to that service to find some comfort and some hope uh, in the midst of the holiday season. Uh, also, just a reminder once again about Christmas Eve, which falls on a Sunday. We will not be having services uh, on Christmas Eve morning, but we will be having our usual uh, evening services at 3.30, 5.30, 7.30, and 11. I invite you to look through the bulletin and take note of all of the announcements and all that is happening in the life of our church during this season of Advent. Let us now prepare our hearts and minds for the worship of the living God. The Lord be with you.
In this season, in this season of expectancy, Isaiah declares, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. We light this candle as a symbol of Christ, the way. May the word sent to us from the prophets lead us in the way of holiness and salvation. Let us worship the Lord. Singing together the great Wesleyan hymn of Advent, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, number 196.
Jesus is born to deliver us from our sins. Let us now, with the trust in that promise, confess our sins with our prayer of common confession and then our silent personal confession. Let us pray. Almighty God, we confess that our lives are simply too full. We have failed to make room for Jesus. We need the stark words of John the Baptist, but also confess our fear of those same words. Give us courage this day to receive his call to repentance. Raise us up to be stewards of your holiness and your comfort, of which we hear today. For we ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear now the good news. If any one of us sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he not only forgives our sins, but the sins of the whole world. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. And now I invite you to share your peace and reconciliation with those around you. They do. My name is Karen Rios, and I'm the director of children's ministry at Reveille United Methodist Church. And if any of you are worshiping with us online, either now or today or sometime during the week, please move forward because this time is for you as well. Hey guys, how you doing? I have some things today. Hey Eve. So, when you guys walked into church today, did you notice how pretty it looked? What did you see? Yes. You saw Christmas stuff, right? What did you see, Izzy? A wreath. A wreath? What else? Anything else that you're noticing around the... Yes, go, Armis. A Christmas tree. This is a very big Christmas tree, isn't it? Yeah, that is actually our Christmas tree. How many of you guys are also doing things around the house that are preparing for Christmas? Izzy, what have you done at home? I put up my Christmas tree. Okay, so she said she put up her Christmas tree. What else, Gwyneth? Okay, she put up kind of a Christmas tree, but not a real one. Okay, and I think that's great. As a matter of fact, now that it's time for the holiday season, are any of you expecting guests at home? Yeah, yeah, okay, and what do we do when guests come over? 
what do we do when guests come over? Okay. Ah, what do we, Edward? Celebrate. You celebrate. I like that answer. We celebrate when guests come over. What else? Is he? There you go. Did you hear that? We clean up. And what else, Gwyneth? We spend time with each other. But you know what? I'm going to go back to Izzy's answer. We clean up. As a matter of fact, that's something very important. And, as, and when we were doing our Christmas tree, I bet that we cleaned up before we put up our Christmas tree. Hi, Hazel. So do you guys remember what I had in this box last week? It was nothing. They remembered. All righty, but today, guess what? I was given another box, and this box has some Christmas ornaments in it that I'm gonna, that you guys are going to, I'm gonna hand one to you. Be very gentle with these ornaments. These are very detailed ornaments. You're gonna, you're gonna get to help me put them on the tree in a few minutes. So these ornaments are a symbol of the fact that we do clean up and we prepare places for Jesus to come in. So yes, would you like one too? All right, there's not one for everybody, but I've got a couple that I can help you with, all right? So let's go on and pray, and then we're going to hang some of the ornaments on the tree. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful day. And thank you for the gift of Jesus. Help us to find the places in our lives that we need to clean up to make space for him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so those of you, if I gave you an ornament, if you can follow me and I'm going to help you put some of the ornaments on a tree. If you do not have an ornament, you can still come over here show you a couple places and then you can go back to your seat that's a perfect place for it Good. all right you go back to your seat anybody else have an ornament that you want to come over and help hang thank you there you go mm-hmm. do you still have a little so while they're hanging these up, the chrismons represent both the idea of Christ with monograms. So they are very intricately and very detailed. And all of these, I invite you after service to come and take a look at the beautiful chrismons that have been made. Um, and some of them are just absolutely gorgeous. They're all beautiful. All right. You guys can go back to your seats. Thank you for helping. They're not moving. All right, friends, let's go on back to our chairs. Let's go back to our seats. Come on, Eve. Thank you. Please join me in praying the prayer for illumination. God, source of all light, by your word you give light to the soul. Pour out on us 
the spirit of wisdom and understanding, that our hearts and minds may be opened. Amen. Today's first scripture reading comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 1 through 11. This passage may be found on page 581 of your pew Bible. The prophet proclaims that God will bring salvation to his suffering people. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry out! And I said, What shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades. But the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, Here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our second reading for the morning comes from the opening verses of the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. I invite you now to listen for the word of God. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, see, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. 
In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, so long ago you showed up at the River Jordan and you called us to this new way of life. It is our prayer that as we enter into these waters once again, that your Spirit would speak to each and every one of us. Open our hearts and minds to hear a new thing, for we ask it through Jesus our Lord. Amen. Well, this week I came across an article written a number of years ago by Kathy Free. She, she's a writer for the Washington Post, and she's told the story of a high school custodian whose name was Carolyn Collins. It seems that one day Carolyn was about to take out the trash in the early morning darkness when she heard a loud knock on the cafeteria door. And she set down her garbage and she cracked the door, and there was two students there, a boy and a girl. They looked at her nervously. The boy said, can we please come in? School didn't start for two hours. He went on to say, me and my sister are getting tired of waiting outside. They went on to say that they had been living in a car with their mother, who had dropped them off early so that they could get ready for school in one of the school's restrooms. Carolyn said her eyes filled with hot tears in hearing her story. The teens were hungry. She gave them some uh, milk, some cereal, some fruit from the cafeteria. And that began a new plan, something that was later called the giving closet. Food and clothing and shoes, toothpaste, shampoo, deodorant, and more were all free to any student who came to her school, Tucker High School, just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. And Collins vowed that she was going to do whatever she had to do to take care of these kids. And she said, uh, she was quoted in the Post article, she said this, High school is hard enough without being homeless. So she spent $200 of her own money, borrowed the stuff, pencils and toiletries and snacks and socks. And she said to the administrators, she asked them to affirm her plan. She wanted to take an old storage room that was adjacent to the cafeteria. She cleaned it up. And after she did, the giving closet was up and running. I think that is just such a great story of repurposing space. Think about it. Because this story has such a better ending than did the story of Mary and Joseph so long ago at the inn. There's no room for Jesus there. But here, two children came knocking on the door, and Carolyn she cleaned out a space. She cleaned out a closet, if you will. She made room not only for those kids, but for all the other children who would come her way in the years to follow. So it begs a question for us this morning. How's it going with your closet? Now, if your closet is like mine at home, it could use a whole day long going through, getting rid of a whole lot of old stuff, making room for some new stuff. And that'd be a very good thing. But our morning text, you see, invites you and me to think more figuratively, dare we say spiritually, this morning. It is a story of John the Baptist as he comes on the scene, and he's there paving the way for Jesus. 
And what John is doing in this story is he's saying the time has come because someone is knocking at the door. It's time to clean out the spiritual closets of our lives so that we can make room for Jesus. But how do we do that? How do we make that sort of spiritual space? And maybe it's not that hard. Maybe we just read the text. John the Baptist says, repent. So that means we just need to get rid of the bad stuff, put on a whole bunch of good stuff. But as always, when you dive deeper into the story, there is so much more here. Note that something happens here. Something happens in this story that doesn't happen anywhere else in the Bible. Because right here, all three persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are gathered in one space speaking to each other in this particular event. Now there are times where we see the Father talking to the Son. There are times where the Son is breathing the Spirit upon the disciples. But only here, and perhaps in the first chapter of Genesis, you have all three gathered then the Father speaks with this intimate and relational language. This is my Son whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. Of course, the Son Jesus is there being baptized, and then the Spirit shows up. And much like the scene in Genesis, hovering over the waters as a, as a dove, and then immediately sends Jesus out into the wilderness. Now, friends, that is, there's so much more here than just simple Bible trivia. Because this collective gathering reminds us, baptism is a big deal. Baptism is a big deal. It's a big event. Because every baptism we do, do you see, we are recreating this day. Entering this day once again. When it comes down to it, there are two essential things that always have to happen at a baptism. Of course, we always have water, but we always, without fail, baptize in the name of the Trinity, into the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we do that not just because it's important to do theologically. It's because when you and I are baptized, you and I are entering into a relationship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let's remember, remember that the Trinity doesn't just tell us about God. The Trinity describes who God is in God's very essence, in God's very core, that our God is at the core is about relationships our god at the core is about lifting up another our god at the core is about serving another that's just who our god is all about a loving relationship that is the god into whom we are baptized that's one theme is entering into this trinitarian relationship but there is another image behind the scenes that's going on there at the river jordan Notice that people are moving towards this relationship, but they're moving away from lifeless religion. See, Mark describes them as leaving Jerusalem. who represents this whole event as happening outside the temple, outside the established religions of rule and regulation. And in the other Gospels, John doesn't put, uh, phrase it nearly as mildly. He sees the religious figures coming out to him in all the regalia. And he calls him a brood of vipers. In contrast, John is dressed simply as a prophet of the desert with a simple diet. The point is that we're supposed to take in this image that when people come to the waters of baptism, 
They are leaving behind a sort of lifeless religion. And they are baptized into this God who centers upon relationship. I think that's it. I think this is the goal of cleaning out our Christmas closets in preparation for the coming of Jesus, that we make room for him by thinning out religion and taking on relationship. We make room for him by thinning out religion and taking on relationship. But let's hold on. If we're honest, it is so much easier, is it not, to be religious than it is to have a relationship. Now, of course, religion is not all bad, but it also is not everything. I love the words of St. Teresa of Avila, a Christian mystic and writer five, six hundred years ago wrote, she said this, from silly devotions and sour-faced saints, good Lord, deliver us. Because religion on its own and at its worst, it squeezes out the life and it reduces this Trinitarian picture of Father, Son, Holy, and Holy Spirit to an institution. Now, don't get me wrong, you need policy, you need structure, you need rules and all of that, but if we are not careful, this life-giving relationship full of color and depth at the river, it can become transactional. You know, most of us have been around long enough to be able to see the difference between a, a transactional relationship and a loving interpersonal relationship. We do that with other people, but you see, you and I can do the very same thing with God. It's all about a contract with God, right? If I do this, then God will do that. If I do this, go to church on Sunday, I can do everything I want on Monday. If I just do the right things, go to church, behave well, serve well, then God's going to grant me eternity. You see, it doesn't work like that. Note the difference in coming to the waters of baptism with John and Jesus and the Spirit at the river. This relational God, this Trinitarian God, says, friend, come all the way into the water because this God wants all of me and all of you. And John is intensely reminding us that this loving God is saying to you and to me, I'm not doing this neatly packaged transaction thing. I want everything you have. Bring it all because I love it all. I think it's this beautiful thing and this love and this beauty and the depth. I think perhaps it's best illustrated. I found a helpful uh, story this week. I was running across a blog I saw this week um, about this thing. Maybe you've heard of this thing out there called truffle oil. Truffle oil. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but you might know that a truffle, not the chocolate kind, but we're talking about the other kind, a truffle is just the real deal. It's, a, it's actually a type of fungus that grows on tree roots. It is this esteemed, it's esteemed as a decadent addition to pasta and to, to steaks. And this fickle cousin of mushrooms has proven impossible to mass produce. And they are still dug up individually, usually in Europe, by dogs that track the scent. Maybe you know all that story. This has made truffles the most expensive food in the world. In 2007, at a casino in Macau, uh, a 3.3-pound truffle sold for, wait for it, $330,000. 
And this, this, uh, this led to what the article named as the most remarkably successful scam in foodie culture, something called truffle oil, right? The problem with truffle oil is it doesn't even contain a trace amount of truffles. It is actually olive oil mixed with a chemical that gives it a truffle smell. So even so, the the oil has been remarkably successful. But see, friends, that's the problem with just being religious and not having a relationship. In the worst case, we can be truffle oil. We have all the dressings. We have all the labeling. But we're missing out on the most valuable and precious thing that you and me as a whole person is united with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But please don't feel, think about that in the context of guilt. Go deeper and celebrate the real reason why God calls us to this baptism in the desert, why God calls us to repentance, and why God invites us to leave long-faced religion behind. It's because God loves you. The living God who created the universe, this God loves you and loves me. And this God who has offered this self-denying, Trinitarian love invites you and me through Jesus Christ into a relationship with him. And this personal God who is all about relationship wants a relationship with you and with me. And if you hear that relational language and suddenly feeling like it's a little bit too close, it's in my space, my comfort zone, then you get it. And this is exciting, it's scary, but it's so much harder than lifeless religion. Isn't it just easier to dip our toes in the water and go back to our routine? But you see, Jesus says, I don't want truffle oil. I don't want a little fake flavor. He loves you as you are. And he wants all of what you are with the promise that you and I won't stay that way as we come into this relationship with him. So what do we do now? How do we leave Jerusalem and come to the waters? How do we clean out our figuratively, our spiritual closets to make room for Jesus? I think it begins with thinking about our regular activities. Thinning out the the religion and putting in the relationship. What about right here as we gather and worship this morning? There's a reminder that when you and I come to worship, we're not observers. We're participants. That right here, as we sing, as we pray, as we hear the word, as we gather, that we have the privilege of being in the presence of the holy and living God of love. And think about what happens when you and I come to this table. Remember, we come up here not because it's the thing we're supposed to do once a month. Because right here, we claim that right here, in the bread and in the cup, you meet Jesus Christ himself. We believe that as that bread is broken, that the grace of Christ is proclaimed to you. And we believe that as you come forward, that Jesus looks you in the eye and says, I love you. And as you receive that bread with an open hand in the cup, you are receiving that love. And the same thing happens when you and I try to participate or go to participate in our small groups and Sunday school classes. Many of you are probably aware that we have been working for a while on all of our small groups in our discipleship. And we've been reminded that the goal of our gathering is not simply to be informational, as important as that is, but the goal of our gathering is to be formational. 
that the goal of our gatherings is to deepen our relationship with Christ. The goal of our gatherings is to deepen our relationships with one another and also to be formed in Christian character. And as an aside, let me just remind you of all the opportunities that are here at our church and the new things we're going to be starting in January if you're not currently a part of a small group or a Sunday school class. And so, friends, I invite you to remember that John and our Trinitarian God of the Jordan invites you and me this morning to take a hard look at the closet of our spiritual lives. Maybe it's time for a Christmas cleaning. Do we need to do a little work thinning out the long-faced religion and putting in more of the relationship? Just a reminder that this is much harder But don't forget, this morning, as we walk to the river and see John the Baptist, we meet a Trinitarian God of love who, by grace, invites you and me all the way into the water to enjoy the love of that relationship. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, gracious God, we gather together on this dark, foggy, rainy day, but we still give you thanks for this day, and we still give you thanks for the season of Advent. For as we see the lights around us, the lights that shine in our church, the lights that shine in windows and on yards, we are reminded about your light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. We thank you, O Lord, for family, for friends. We thank you for our baptism. We thank you for our place in your church. And we pray, O Lord, that in this holy holy season of Advent that you would help us all to grow, to grow in relationship to you, to grow in relationship to one another. We pray this day, O Lord, for the world around us. We pray especially for the Gaza Strip, for Israel, for Palestine, for all that is happening in the Middle East, for all that is happening in Ukraine. Wherever there is war and conflict, we continue to pray 
for the Prince of Peace to come. We recognize in this season of Advent that it can be the most wonderful time of the year, but there are also so many people who also deal this time of year with sadness and depression and loneliness. We pray for those who are grieving as well and for those who are sick in any way in mind, body, or spirit. We pray that you would come with your comfort, with your healing, with your strength, with your hope. Help us all to have the assurance of your presence with us. Hear our prayers this day, O God. Hear these prayers that we have lifted up to you out loud, and now in the silence of our hearts, we lift up to you any personal concerns that we may have. Hear our prayers this day, O God, and most of all, we thank you for your love, for your grace, and for your mercy. Hear our prayers and bless us and keep us all. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And now as we prepare for our offering, I'd just like to announce that there are many ways that you can give generously in this season of Advent here at Reveille. We have our Glorious Gifts program that is taking place right now. They uh, will be in person in our Welcome Center next Sunday from uh, 9 to 11.15. Glorious Gifts is an alternative way to give gifts to our friends and our loved ones while also supporting our outreach ministries at church. So we invite you to take part of that either online or in person. Uh, We also have our Advent offering. Uh, That is non-pledge giving uh, that will take place throughout Advent and on Christmas Eve that goes to support uh, our partners in our community, UMFS, the Pace Center, Shalom Farms, and Westview on the James. And now I invite our ushers to come forward that we may return to God our tithes and our offerings this, this day.
may be seated. And as you're being seated, we invite you to turn to page 13 of your hymnals as we join together in the great Thanksgiving. We also invite those who are watching or participating in worship with us online. You can pull out your uh, bread and juice at this time as we gather around the table for the Holy Sacrament of Communion. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. 
It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets, who looked for that day when justice shall roll down like waters, righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. When nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, whom you sent in the fullness of time to be a light to the nations. You scatter the proud in the imagination of their hearts and have mercy on those who fear you from generation to generation. You put down the mighty from their thrones and you exalt those of low degree. You fill the hungry with good things and the rich you sent away empty. Your own Son came among us as a servant. He humbled himself in obedience to your will and freely accepted death on a cross. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us, as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here, and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and the blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in, the whole, in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray together the prayer our Lord taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The body of our Lord Jesus Christ is broken for you, and for me, and for a broken world. Christ was broken that we might be healed. And the blood of Christ is shed for you, and for me, and for this world, that we might be forgiven, set free by God's grace. I'd like to invite our communion helpers to come forward now. And I remind you that we will serve communion by intention this morning. We invite you to come down the center aisle, come with your hands open. We will uh, place a piece of bread in your hand. You can then dip it into the cup and take of the two elements together. If you'd like to kneel at the communion rail after communion and pray, you're welcome to do so. And also note that today, uh, if you need a special prayer or an anointment of oil, uh, Pete and I will be uh, at the ends of the communion rail uh, and come with a word, come with a word of, uh, that you need, comfort or hope uh, or healing, and we will use that word to pray for you and anoint you with oil. You can then return to your seats by the side aisle. If you are unable to come forward, Uh, We will have also communion servers that will be going down the side aisle that can serve you in the pew. Uh, And at the center aisle, we have our gluten-free elements. Uh, If you need gluten-free this morning or if you are just uncomfortable taking uh, communion by intention, you are welcome to take a communion packet. And finally, at the end of the aisle, we have our uh, offering plates. This is for our communion fund that goes to meet the needs of those in our community. This is the table of the Lord. It is not the table of Reveille Church. It is not the table of the United Methodist Church. For those who love God, for those who seek forgiveness of your sins, for those who long to live in peace with one another, we invite you to come forward, for all are welcome at Christ's table. Come now and taste and see that the Lord is good.
Oh, 
printed there. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Make us ever faithful to your high calling. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our hymn of sending forth is God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. You'll find the lyrics in your bulletin. Please stand and sing. Tidings of comfort and joy, that is what awaits us as we make our way to the river with the John the Baptist, as we enter into the wonders of this relationship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as you go to face the joys and the challenges of this week. Hold on to that truth, that you and I indeed are vessels of comfort and joy in a world that needs to hear it. As we go now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and as all God's people say, Amen. Amen.